welcome to sort of the story. Whoa, I'm Janie. <laughs> and I'm Matt. <laughs> welcome to the good spooky time. Woo! <laughs> this is the podcast where Max and I tell each other stories like fairy tales and folk tales and mythology. And usually we do that <laughs> alone. But today, you guys are here. Yeah. Wow. Well, how does it feel <laughs> to butt in? Be a giant third wheel <laughs> to our tandem bicycle <laughs> 1000 big old third wheels <laughs> Aww. terrifying terrifying um, yeah that no, really bad uh, uh, that's <laughs> a that's a poorly functioning uh mode of transportation whatever it is yeah if you're new here this is not a podcast for children and also welcome mm-hmm. adults only also if you work with me i followed a bunch of co- of my coworkers on instagram recently yeah and i have the podcast tagged in my bio. Mm-hmm. Um, if you work with me, don't listen to this. It's super weird and rude and I, silly. <laughs> I never gave that disclaimer to the people I work with. And I work in an elementary school, so... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and one of my favorite people at the school is, like, my my mini street team. She, <laughs> I did not ask her to be, and I love her for it. But she... Went around and she's like, did you know she has a podcast? And I was like, oh, we don't need to talk about the podcast. And she's like, it's a fairy tale podcast. She retells like the real fairy tales. And I was like, that's uh, <laughs> very little of what the podcast, that's actually probably, that's not even really actually what happens. <laughs> yes, technically, but also it's not for children. She goes, anyone can listen. And I was like, no, not anyone can listen. And nobody in this place of work should listen. Uh, can I go back and retroactively edit all the times I say butthole? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Oh, no. That would take years. It would... I, impossible. Yeah. <laughs> impossible. Yes. Anyways, <laughs> be cool, guys. Hey, fucking be cool. Can you guys just fucking be cool, please? <laughs> so this... <laughs> so if you're listening to this, we are actually about to take a week off. We will not be here for Thanksgiving because Max and I desperately need a break. We've yeah. been going consistently every week for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Two-year anniversary, and we've never missed a single week. How do you feel yeah, about that? Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Oh. Two years feels like both not long enough for how long we've been doing this, and also way longer than I feel like we've been doing this. I agree. It's a very strange... It's, it's strange and hard to track with the podcast, because we record at least, like, usually two episodes in advance, you know... So we're always kind of off, uh, like in a time machine (laughs) when these things Mm -hmm. are released. We've also released so many extra episodes. We've also released the bonus episodes. So it is hard to track exactly how long or how many we've been doing. Mm -hmm. But we've been fairly consistent. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of us. I'm very proud of us also. And And now it's time for one week off. (laughs) You guys will be fine. You guys are going to be fine. And remember, there's old episodes. And also... You are here. <laughs> I was trying to get, I don't know, I was trying to like zap information into your brain. We haven't perfected that technology yet. No, sometimes we do get it right. Yeah, no, sometimes we do. We've gotten it right several times on this podcast. This time it wasn't. I was going to say, if you are genuinely like, but I really want to listen to some episodes, try signing up for our Patreon because there are nine whole bonus episodes on that Patreon. Mm-hmm. How fun. Ten now, right? Nine. Ten will be December. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so you can go to the link in the show notes for this episode or any episode and sign up for our Patreon at the $7 tier, and you will get one big old bonus episode, uh, non-commodogenic, fair trade. (laughs) Meat free. Meat free. Guess what? We're not even going to make you eat (laughs) non-vegan. 
episode every month. <laughs> uh, somebody, Ethan, shout out to Ethan, reached out to us on Instagram and was like, hey, I finally, I, I officially did it. I listened to every single episode and now what do I do with my life? And I was like, I wanted to say like, check yourself into a mental hospital <laughs> because we can barely Call stand your to mom. be in our heads. <laughs> but instead I told them, you should do something exceedingly normal, like go to the bank or eat a kale salad, you know, something mm-hmm. to make yourself feel like a human again. <laughs> and even came back with, ew, kale. <laughs> so that was just a couple of suggestions. <laughs> I feel like Take I've dropped them. <laughs> I feel like I've dropped this on the podcast before, but if you're like, ew, kale, it's too bitter. Uh, what you do is you rinse it and then you put a little bit, you drizzle olive oil over it and you massage it with your hands. And that takes out all the bitterness and makes it delicious. So, yeah, little kale hack for you. Yeah, massage that kale. Yeah. And Max also would request you all, I don't know, film it and send it to her private email. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Max <laughs> at kinkykale.com. <laughs> yep, my that's my email. My first boyfriend's name was Kale. He was good. Ew, he was fine. <laughs> Every time I make fun of Kale the vegetable, I feel a little guilty because he truly is my most wholesome ex-boyfriend. Mm. Good person. And nutritious. <laughs> He's healthy. Actually, he is. <laughs> What's it like to be healthy and normal and God, nice? No like, what is that about? No idea. I grew up weird. <laughs> I feel like I was, I was weird as a kid, but I'm not nearly... I'm more weird now in my 30s. Yeah. I yeah, I was a weird kid and then I was like a young adult who was like trying really hard to be normal and chill. Yeah. Uh, and when I lasted... met you, you were extremely normal and chill. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> we met having a weirdly like sanitized almost Christian level meeting of like just a couple of co-ed pals making lemon meringue pie in the dorms like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was like mormon-esque our activity we were doing when we met yeah and then we started getting drunk and climbing trees and like (laughs) aggressively bullying the boys that we liked like that's and now here we are wow 109 episodes of our podcast later weirder than ever weirder than ever kind of a shout out to you guys you guys have really enabled us to get weirder yeah the sound that's on tiktok i think about it all the time and it has become my personal um mantra lord and savior yeah no my personal mantra is i'm just gonna keep getting hotter and weirder and that's true (laughs) that's really good (laughs) yeah i'm just gonna keep getting hotter and weirder hell yeah sorry to everyone who is mad about that but i continue to get weirder and hotter (laughs) i truly don't we we don't have any haters no by the time i'm 100 i'm going to be so hot and so weird (laughs) (laughs) everyone's like God, I really, God, that person is so hot, but she's so weird. Oh, we hate weird girls. That's what they'll say. Who are 100 and gorgeous. (laughs) You know who's super hot and weird and is over 100 years old? Apple Wong Odd. Oh, true. Yeah. It's right in the name. She's not. Odd. Yeah, I know. She's not that weird, but she is very beautiful. Mm. She's 106, guys. She gave me my siblings tattoos. Anyway, (laughs) Max. Janie. I think that's about all that I had to talk about. Was how yeah, that was a lot weird of stuff. we are. Yeah. Cool. Hotter and weirder. Do you want to <laughs> hear a story? I do. I have a cool one for you. I'm excited. Okay. Then I'll see you in just a minute. We're oh, going to shut bye. down real quick. We're going to unplug. Oh, bye. And then we're going to okay, come back bye. up. <laughs>
<laughs> Reboot. Bye. And I'm going to tell her a story. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> okay, Max. Okay, Janie. Today, I am going to tell you a story from the cutest, most beautiful little book ever. It's the Fables, Folklore, and Ancient Stories Collector's Edition. This is a basically a collection of books like fables and folklores from around the world. And this one, and they, I think they're all edited by J.K. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Those, of Flame Tree Publishing. Yeah, yeah, but it's not, this is not a Flame Tree Publishing book. Is it not? No. It is. I lied. It is a Flame Tree book. I'm so used to seeing Flame Tree on the spine, I didn't even think to check the back. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is Flame Tree Publishing Collector's Edition. I got a couple of these because they're so cute, and I was... Mm-hmm. I I was having a little bit of a mental breakdown where I cried so hard I gave myself a two-day migraine and Mm -hmm. then couldn't get out of bed. And in that time, I went on my phone and I (laughs) binge ordered a bunch of books. And then when they came in the mail, I regretted it because I was like, oh, no, (laughs) don't shop when you're sad. But it is pretty uh, telling that all of my sad shopping now is just pretty fairy tale books. Yeah. I've been going off on, again, hotter and weirder every day. I've been Buying a lot of really old folklore books from eBay. Yeah. <laughs> Hotter and greater every day. Yeah. Um, every once in a while, I'll go through like a period where I'm like, none of my books <laughs> are good anymore. Like when you go into the closet and you're like, none of these clothes fit me anymore. And they all fit you. You just don't like them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I have nothing to wear. That's us with this podcast. And we're like, we have nothing to read. And meanwhile, we have bookshelves and bookshelves of folklore anthologies. Yeah. But I got a couple of these. I'm going to post a picture of them all together. They have, like, the gold gold foil pages, mm. and they're just very pretty. This one is called Viking Folk and Fairy Tales. Ooh. A bunch of Viking stories. And what I like about this is I'm tending to go away from buying Norse mythology because it's all of the same stories from the yeah. prose edda. Mm-hmm. Poetic edda. Both, I think. Yeah, um, and the Volsung Saga. Yeah. But when you get Viking folk and fairy tales, you get a lot of Norse mythology mixed in with actual folk tales. And what I didn't know about this, um, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but a huge amount of the Viking folk tales and the stories and the history that we know that were written down by Vikings was lost, right? Christianity kind of overpowered mm-hmm. it. People got rid of them. A lot of it was destroyed, which is why we have so few stories about like the female goddesses. There was most likely a lot of lore about the female goddesses that we are mm-hmm. missing out on currently. And it's maddening and I will never be over it. But the Viking folk and fairy tales, this is kind of the beginning of a lot of the like fairy tale tropes that came later. And a lot of like br- the Brothers Grimm or Hans Christian Andersen or Abjornsen and Moe, when they were writing fairy tales later, they were actually pulling from Viking mythology and Viking folklore. And so a lot of the stuff that we've already read has roots and ties to Viking folklore. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, is really cool. Even though the originals aren't there, it has, like, had, like, a outward bound. What, what am I trying to think? The roots have, like... It's influenced a lot of other... Yes. So it's here anyway. Okay. With that, I went to the section of this book called Tales of Trolls and Giants, mm. which is the first thing that I do when I get <laughs> any book. If they have any section on trolls, that's where I go first. <laughs> and I found the story called Knos. K. K-N-O-S. Knus. Knus. I'm going to call them Knus. Once upon a time, a poor widow found an egg under a pile of brush whilst he was searching for kindling in the forest. Don't eat it. No, no. Don't eat that. Don't. You just found that. No, she brought that home, though, right? And then she placed it under a goose. 
as you do. She was curious. She's like, what the fuck is this egg? And a little while later, it hatched. And out of that egg came... Turtle. A little boy. Oh. <laughs> Classic boy hatchling. <laughs> um, the widow had that boy Baptist... Nope. <laughs> he was not a boy Baptist. <laughs> the widow had that boy baptized Knos. That was his name. And she raised him as well as she could. But he was really strange. Even for a boy hatched out of a mysterious egg, he was pretty <laughs> weird. Sure. Knos grew at a rapid pace. And by the time he was five years old, he was already taller than the tallest man in the village. And he ate in proportion to his size, meaning he was eating her out of house and home. Just imagine a giant fucking like six foot seven, five year old. <laughs> we are telling very similar stories this week. <laughs> <laughs> Accidental theme of big old guy. <laughs> big old foundling babies. <laughs> oh, no. Remember when I said that Viking folklore, like, reached uh-huh. out and oh, influenced yeah. everything? That's definitely what happened. Hundo P. Like, I'm telling the daddy and you're going to tell the baby. <laughs> <laughs> A giant baby. <laughs> yeah, classic. Giant baby. This is the giant baby episode. <laughs> The poor widow couldn't keep up with how much he ate. He'd swallow whole loaves of bread a dozen at a time in one single sitting. Same. (laughs) Classic us. And eventually she had to go to the, quote, commissioners for the relief of the poor to get more food for him. Which is kind of cool that they had a commissioner's relief for the poor. Yeah, like a welfare organization. That's basically, yeah, in Viking civilizations. I think that's cool. Yeah. They took one look at this very large grown man and they were like, he has to get a job. She was like, he's a boy. He's but five years old. And they were like, he's just smoking a cigar. Mother, I crave bread. They were like, no, he's big and strong and he has to earn his own keep now. So Knoz signed up to be an apprentice for a smith for three years, which sounded like a pretty good deal. All right. The smith was like, he's big. He's strong. He can work here. How much are you thinking you want to be paid? And Knos, the five-year-old giant man, said, okay, I want uh, clothes. I want one suit of clothes and one sword each year. And the smith was like, okay. And he says, I want the first sword to be 500 weights. Sure. I don't know what that means. Uh, Weight? But can't be like pounds, right? That's too big. <laughs> well, he's very strong. He said, I want the next sword to be 10 hundred weights. Hundred weights is one word. And the third sword is going to be 15 hundred weights. All right? That's the what I want. And the smith was like, cool. So no money. Excellent. <laughs> Just supplies. Uh, huh. Is it like an ounce? Like a copper ounce, maybe? I really should have looked this up. Should I? <laughs> I quickly I'm look this up. Fascinated by antiquated systems of measurement, so okay. I'm on board. <laughs> what is a hundred weight? Oh. <laughs> it's equal to one hundred pounds. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. <laughs> Why is a hundred weight one hundred and twelve pounds? Oh, is that like the, uh, hmm. what is it, like the 11 years war or whatever, 100 years war? In (laughs) England, in around 1300, different hundreds, centum in medieval Latin, were defined. The Weights and Measures Act of 1835 formally established the present imperial 100 weight of 112 pounds, or 50.80 kilograms. Um, Yeah, it's 100 pounds. So he, he wants impossibly huge swords. That just doesn't seem like it would be good. 
Well, that's what he wants. It wouldn't be good for being a sword. It wouldn't be like, I mean, sure, it's like, okay, he can pick it up, but like, but for what? Now this also isn't a good payment system. That's literally all of the supplies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the smith agreed. He's like, okay, you can have all of this weird and uh, imposing things that you want. But after a few days, the smith was like dying to get rid of Knos. And he gave him all three suits and swords at once just to leave. He had to like bribe him to leave. And it turns out that Knos was irresponsibly strong for his age. Uh, and he accidentally smashed all the iron and steel to bits. Constantly. To bits? Just a little bits. And the smith was like, good lord, you have to leave. So after receiving his bribe, Knos went to a knight's estate and he hired himself out as a serving man. And his first job was to go into the forest to gather firewood with the rest of the men after breakfast. But when everyone had finished breakfast and headed out together, Knos stayed behind and he ate everything he possibly could because he was a hungry, hungry boy. Oh, he's a growing boy. What about my hungry boys? (laughs) When he was finished eating, finally, he saw that they had given him two young oxen to help him carry the wood, right? They had like a wagon set up, two oxen are carrying it. And he was like, oh, well, good doggies. And then he left. (laughs) Okay. Uh, he left them there at the estate, and he went off by himself into the forest. Then he grabbed two giant trees, and he tore them out of the ground by the roots, and then he hoisted one of, like, one of them over each shoulder, and he went back to the estate. And he, like, slammed them down and, like, shoved them through the door. <laughs> so, like, all of the doors and exits were now blocked by giant trees. <laughs> and then he sat back down to eat the rest of the food. And so later on, everyone else came back. And it took them so long because they had to chop down the trees, saw them into pieces, and load them into carts, and then carry them all the way back. And they got back there, and they couldn't even get into the house because of the giant trees that have been shoved through the doors. Mm-hmm. So the next day, he, they were like, okay, chopping trees is not for you. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> um, why don't you thresh? And so he grabbed a giant stone, and he rolled it all around the grain until the corn was loosened from the ear, right? And he was like, that was pretty good. I'm good at this. Yeah. I did that fast, and I think a good job. So then he had to separate the grain from the chaff, which he did by punching a hole in the side, like in the side of the roof by the barn. So he just kept like, he punched two different holes in the roof, damaging mm-hmm. the roof. Sure. And then he stood outside of the barn and he started blowing. And the chaff and the straw flew out into the yard through one of the holes, right? And then the corn remained lying on the floor. And so he was like, that was pretty good of me. I blew really hard just then. Everything's out. I'm good. (laughs) Meanwhile, it's starting to rain. (laughs) It's like (laughs) gathering to the barn. While he was doing this, his master came along and wondered, what the heck is going on? So he climbed up a ladder to the top of the barn and he looked down into one of the holes. But Knos was still blowing at this point. So the wind caught the man on the roof and he fell off and he almost fucking killed himself because he hit the pavement below and almost broke his goddamn neck. Jesus. Yeah. And he was like, Knos, you can't stay here anymore. You're very dangerous. (laughs) But he was also a little scared of him because Knos was... A giant, strong baby. Yeah. <laughs> and so he paid him his wages for a full year just to get him out of there. And Kanos agreed to leave, but he told him, like, well, I need to get, like, provisions for my journey. Big mistake to agree to that. Yep. Uh, he grabbed two flitches of bacon over each shoulder and slid a batch of bread under each arm. I don't know how much a batch of bread is, but I'm guessing it's just, like, a bunch of loaves of bread. Or, like, one really big loaf of bread. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
a moment for Big Loaf. <laughs> Big Loaf. <laughs> and then he walked away from the estate. Pissed off, his master loosed a vicious bull on him. But Kno simply grabbed it by the horns and flung it over his shoulders and was like, thank you. And then he kept going. And later on, he slaughtered the bull and he ate it with the bread. What? Oh, yeah, a little snack for Knos. Oh, no. uh, and the story says, quote, and when he had done this, he had just about taken the edge off his hunger. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He came to a king's court next. I had an ex who was exactly like this, including how much he's eating. Exactly like this. Yeah. I used to call him. Exactly like We used to FaceTime when I was in China and he'd be lying in his dorm bed with like a steak wrapped in a nap, like a giant, like 16 ounce steak wrapped in like a napkin. And he'd just be like, like eating it with his hand in his dorm. I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, having a snack. And I was like, that's not a that's a 16-ounce steak. <laughs> He's like, I'm actually bulking up for rugby. And I was like, that's not how you do that. <laughs> mm. Oh, what a dummy. He was the same one that used to snap rolling pins in half on accident and yeah. look sad about it. So, like, listen, I just, I dated this guy. He came to a king's court next, and he was surprised to see everyone was in mourning. Apparently, the king had been sailing out at sea when this giant sea troll had called up a huge storm, so the ship was about to sink, Right. And he, the king was like, how do I appease this troll? So he basically struck a deal with the troll. He said, if you stop this storm and you let me get home, then I promise whatever greets me first mm. is going to, you can have it. And the reason why he said that is because every single time he's ever gone home from like a sailing voyage, his dog, his like trusty hunting dog was always at the shore waiting for him. No. I know. And he was like, you can have that dog. And I was like, fuck you. Fuck you. That dog Go loves fuck you. Yourself. Go fuck yourself. That You're dog evil. is your baby. You're bad. <laughs> that dog is Go your to baby hell. <laughs> And he was like, you can have that dog. No. Can you imagine? I would die in a storm before I gave summer to a troll. <laughs> also, why not just say you can have my dog? Why make it like a riddle? <laughs> well, yeah, to have a lot of surprise. <laughs> um, to his horror, though, he was sailing out and his three daughters got into a little rowboat and then rowed out to meet him at the mm-hmm. boat. And he was like, no. And, and I wrote, this is why women shouldn't drive. <laughs> <laughs> the king had made a proclamation that if anyone could rescue the princesses, he would choose like that guy could choose any of them to marry, right? But no one had risen to the occasion except for this dweeby little tailor named Red Peter. Aw. Red Peter was like, I'll save the princesses. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he sounded just like that. <laughs> I actually got an odd. Actually, I think I'll be saving the princesses. <laughs> Give me my trusty steed. <laughs> uh, and it's a scooter. <laughs> <laughs> he kicks it open, <laughs> whirls it around. <laughs> Knoz was given a place in the king's court, and his duty was to help the cook, which is either a great placement for his skills and interests or a terrible error. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll never know. Mm-hmm. Except for right now, I'm going to tell you. Oh, good. Uh, on the day the troll was coming to collect the oldest princess, so he was going to get them one at a time, Knost asked for leave so he could go see what would happen. And they were all stoked he was leaving, because whenever he tried to wash the dishes, he would just straight up snap gold and silver dishes in half and shit. Uh, and, like, whenever he had to bring in firewood, he would bring in whole wagon loads and literally break the door trying to fit it all in. And they were like, why, why are you so bad at this? These are not good professions for him. He should be, like... Pulling a John Henry and, like, tunneling through a mountain or something like that. These are not good jobs for him. I agree. Uh, Give him a better job placement. Yes, I agree. 
Knos walked to the sea, and he saw the princess standing on the seashore, and she's weeping, and she's terrified, and she's wringing her hands, and she's just, like, shaking there on the shore because she knows what's going to happen. And she's, like, inconsolable. Red Peter (laughs) is nearby. He's sitting on a willow stump with a rusty saber in his hand, uh, (laughs) looking not at all prepared to battle a troll, (laughs) shaking in his little boots. (laughs) Of course he has little boots. And the story says he didn't know how else to comfort the girl, like... Knos walked up and was like, ah, no, you look uh, sad. Hmm. Hmm. Ah, <laughs> oh, nuts. <laughs> you want to eat a big loaf with me? <laughs> Knos walked up and said, hey, girl, <laughs> do you want to brush my hair? <laughs> and she was like, yes. <laughs> what? I know. <laughs> he's only five years old. Remember, he's just a lad. So he oh, laid his no. head down. He laid his big old head down in her lap, and she ran her fingers through his hair, like how you would pet a cat when you're stressed out, you know, like therapy dogs and stuff. And that did kind of work. She she kind of calmed down a little. <laughs> I don't pet a cat when I'm stressed out. I pet a cat when I'm in a good mental state, because if I pet a cat when I'm stressed out, the cat's going to get mad at me. <laughs> I will get scratched and clawed and bitten a lot. And you know, so. Knos did scratch and claw her. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, would it make you feel better if you cut my nails? <laughs> Yes! <laughs> Groom me. Uh, so soon, there was a terrible roar, and a troll with five heads rose from the sea. Mm. And Red Peter rolled off his willow stump in fear like a fainting goat and just like, laid there. Oh, no! <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> but the troll called out, Knos, is that you? And Knos responded, sure is, pal. Good to see you. And the troll said, well, haul me up to shore, buddy. And Knos said, you got it, boss. Toss me that cable. And the princess was like, do you know him? Does he know him? What the fuck? The story doesn't say. Uh, oh, he, so he just does know him. As soon he's as five the- years old and he's friends with the troll. <laughs> and that's not part of the story. <laughs> as soon as the troll was on the shore, Knos pulled out his sword of 500 weights and he chopped off all of the troll's five heads. And um, he set rude. the princess free. Then he nodded and was like, thanks for the head scratches, lady. <laughs> What the fuck? And he ran off happily back to be a terrible kitchen assistant. What the fuck? Listen, it's not us. It's not up to us to understand Knos. Someone should try. <laughs> Somebody really should ask him any questions. He's a fucking menace. He yeah. just saw his friend and then chopped all of his heads off. No idea. Red Peter at this point put his rusty saber to the princess's neck and forced her to promise not to tell anyone that Knos had been the one to save her. He wanted everyone to think it was him. And I'm like, well, Knos could say it, but he doesn't. Anyway. <laughs> He's distracted. Always. <laughs> when the time came for the second princess to be taken by the troll, Knos asked again for leave, and he found her standing on the shore, wringing her hands and weeping in distress. And so again, he laid his head on her lap, and he let her play with his hair. Of course, this was all for her, and it was not for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he actually of hated this. Why yeah. he kept scratching her. <laughs> Red Peter sat on his stump nearby, doing nothing at all. (laughs) (laughs) Along came the troll, this time with ten heads. That's, okay, it doesn't explain it. I said, different troll? Same troll? Confusing. Hydra troll? Hydra troll? Hydra hydro troll? (laughs) Hydra troll, hydra wives. (laughs) Um... This troll said, Knos, is that you guy? Your hair looks longer. Knos was like, it is a bit, yeah. And the troll was like, well, haul me in, you ugly son of a fuck. <laughs> and Knos said, look who's talking, eh? Toss me that cable, you handsome devil. <laughs> and they like, laughed. <laughs> what the fuck? And 
the troll had been hauled ashore, Knos pulled out his sword of ten hundred weights and chopped off all ten of the troll's heads, saving the second princess. And Wait. Again, yeah. So he has a five, uh, 300, 500, and 10 hundred. He has 500, 10 hundred, and 15 hundred. 5, 10, and 15? Why wouldn't he just use the 15 hundred one for everything? <laughs> Knos probably doesn't know math. <laughs> He's only but five years you, old. If you have a bunch of, like, comically large, unwieldy swords, why wouldn't you use the most comically large and most unwieldy one? <laughs> have you ever heard of Overkill? <laughs> Has Knos? <laughs> no, he's only five. <laughs> he's heard of very little. <laughs> All he knows is eat bread and have sword and get hairbrushes. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> Again, Red Peter waited for Knos to leave before forcing the princess at knife point to agree to tell everyone that he had killed the troll. Which, like, no one's believing that, but Okay. When it came time for the youngest princess to go to the troll, Red Peter was sitting on that willow stump again, like, <laughs> What a nasty little guy. I'm imagining that nasty little guy from Despicable Me, you know, the one that I think Jason oh, Segel yeah. plays in the all yellow suit. That's mm-hmm. who I'm imagining is Red Peter. I'm imagining um, Gargamel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just a tiny little Gargamel in a little Santa hat. <laughs> I don't know why. With a little knife. <laughs> yeah. I his... killed the troll. <laughs> Uh, and also he's got glasses, so you know he's a nerd. <laughs> he's a nerd. Okay, so Red Peter's sitting on the willow stump. Knos has once again convinced this princess to scratch his head and play with his hair. And the troll arrived with 15 heads this time. And it said, Knos, is that you? And Knos said, yeah. <laughs> and the troll said, I'll be damned. You don't look a day past hatching. <laughs> Pull me in. And Knos said, Okay. <laughs> And the he, banter has really <laughs> gone downhill. And then he pulled yeah. him ashore. And then he took his sword of 1,500 weights and he chopped off the troll's heads. But the 1,500 weights were half an ounce short. And the heads grew back again. Wait, so they weren't? Nope. 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 And the troll <laughs> grabbed the princess and dove into the scree. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yep, got right in there. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And the troll grabbed the princess and dove into the sea, screaming, You've changed, man! <laughs> <As he went. laughs> Time passed. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, I'm not coming back, my guy. You're We're never not friends anymore. <laughs> it, I mean, I don't understand. Is it a different troll? It must be a different troll. I don't know. Time passed, and one day Knos was walking along, and he came across a man carrying a church on his back. And Knos said, "God damn, man, you're pretty strong." <laughs> and the man mm-hmm. said, "Quote, no, uh, this this is uh, this is an actual quote. <laughs> no, I'm not strong, but Knos at the king's court, he is strong, <laughs> for he can <laughs> weld together steel and iron with his hands as though they were clay." <sighs> <laughs> and Knos like, that's me. I'm Knos. Do you want to like hang out? And the man was like, yeah. And they <laughs> went off together. <laughs> Eventually they ran into a man who was carrying a whole mountain on his back. And they stopped. And Knos said, whoa, you're super strong. Good for you, man. And the man said, no, nah, I'm not strong. I'm a weak little baby. A stupid baby arm little string bean. <sighs> but Knos at the king's court, oh man, he's so strong. He could squish steel and iron together and make a little pot out of them if he wanted. He's so strong <laughs> and cute. <laughs> and Knos is like, 
that's me <laughs> again <laughs> where are these guys bringing all of these structures <laughs> they're just carrying big things on their backs they don't know what else to do with their hands they're awkward <laughs> what uh Knosis, like everyone thought that that was a bad thing at the smithery but Okay. Smithery. At the smithery. <laughs> at the smithereens. At the smithereens. He's like, what, do you want to walk with us? We're just like hanging out. And the man was like, yeah, okay. And so they went off. Three best friends. Uh, <laughs> one of them carrying a mountain, one of them carrying a church, and the other one carrying the weight of murdering his friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> Knos took them for a sea trip. Sure. He's like, let's go on a boat. And they were like, Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> with the mountain and the church. So th- the writer says, "Quote, but I think they had to leave the church in the hill of stone ashore. <laughs> they had to leave it behind. It was too heavy for the boat." Yeah, but all right. They boarded the boat, and while they were sailing, they got really thirsty because they d- didn't bring any raw water, and so they stopped at an island. On the island, they saw a castle, and they decided to go inside and see if they could have some water. (laughs) And this just so happened to be the castle where the troll lived. So first, the churchman went in, and when he did, he saw the troll with the princess sitting on his lap, and she looked really, really sad. And I think that is very sad, because usually in fairy tales, they're like, the princess was like picking the lice out of his hair, and you're like, oh, that's the worst thing that's happened to her. But nope, she's sitting on his lap. So Hmm. this is not great. He asked for something to drink. And the troll said, sure, help yourself. There's a goblet on that table over there. But even though the man could move the goblet across the table, he couldn't lift it at all. And so he left. The man with the mountain on his back went in next. And the same thing happened to him. He could slide that goblet, but he couldn't lift it. And so finally, Knos entered the building. And the princess was immediately so excited to see him, she jumped off the troll's lap and like raced to Knos, the egg boy. (laughs) I felt it positive. I felt it important to remind you again. He hatched out of an egg. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, Knos was like, "Can I have a drink?" And the troll said, "Sure, help yourself. The goblet's on the table." And Knos looked at him and was like, "Thanks." Picked up the goblet with like no effort at all, drained it, and then tossed the goblet straight at the troll's head, which exploded. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Justin Lin. <laughs> Okay, that's actually my version of this. The actual quote is: "Then he hit the troll across the head with the goblet, so that he rolled from the chair and died." But I like mine better. Sure. Or his head rolled off the chair and he died. Oh, I, that would do it too, I yeah. suppose. I think that was a really hot move, though. Konos is like, thanks, just downs whatever is in there in one thing and just like kills him with the cup. This is like the old Viking version of like when someone like finishes a beer and then smashes it and like yeah. gets into a bar fight. Yeah. Yes. I thought that was really cool and hot, actually. But with a goblet. <laughs> so Knos brought the princess back home and everyone was overjoyed to have her back and to know the troll was dead. And all the princesses were like, great, that's the guy that killed all the trolls. It wasn't Red Peter, very obviously. And Red Peter's like, oh, nuts. I'll get you. <laughs> he saw through my clever ruse. You'll pay for this. <laughs> Uh, Knos was given his choice of princesses, and he, of course, chose the youngest, which I thought was gross at first, as I always do. But then I remembered he's only five years old. (laughs) So, yeah, he's going to choose the youngest princess, and that's fine. She's 32. I'm kidding. No, she's not. (laughs) (laughs) That That was actually what I was thinking. I was like, how... How much is she? The, is she also five or is she like twenty? Because I'm not sure. It w- also which would is be worse. really fucked up if she was also five, though, because he has the body of like a grown man. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So when the king died, Knos became king, and the last line is quote As for Red Peter, he had to go into the nail barrel, and now you, <laughs> and 
now you know all that I know. The end. <laughs> Naughty red beaters have to go to the nail barrel. <laughs> oh, not the nail barrel. <laughs> oh, man, I hate going into the nail barrel. So I gotta bear. Google what a nail barrel looks I'm gonna like. guarantee it's a barrel with a bunch of nails <laughs> I mean, is it like a barrel for carrying nails or is it a barrel full of nails? (laughs) I'm imagining like an Iron Maiden, but a barrel Mm. that you roll them in. Uh, Nope. No pictures. Look up Viking nail barrel. I did. Oh. And I'm just getting pictures of uh, flagons of mead, (laughs) which isn't. (laughs) Nope. Isn't isn't that. (laughs) I kind of like it better if it's just a a barrel that you use to transport nails. Also, there's a guy in there. And he keeps, like, shifting to try and get comfortable, and then he keeps poking himself with nails, because it's full of nails. Okay, so here's some notes. I got this story from the series Fable, Folklore, and Ancient Stories, edited by our pal J.K. Jackson. Apparently, I'm just going to read everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My favorite thing about this is reading about Viking history. So they write a lot about, um, like, Viking history and Viking folklore and all that stuff in the introductions, and it's very fascinating. Um, particularly I like thinking about how history contradicts our modern imagery of Vikings as a whole, Mm -hmm. right? And they mentioned this a little bit, but I also (laughs) did a little bit further research because uh, it's just so good. Uh, from the introduction though, they say Vikings are known, are now shown to be these fierce, dirty, super hot warriors. Uh, I say super hot, but they are with only bloodshed and sex on their mind, but they were a highly developed society that valued the arts, particularly storytelling. And Mm -hmm. they traveled everywhere and they influenced every single culture. And they were amazing warriors on top of that. Yeah. They had three classes in their society. The Jarls, which was the aristocracy, the Carls, (laughs) the, the lower classes, and the Thralls, which were slaves. It doesn't rhyme, so that's how you know. Yeah, it's a slant didn't rhyme. Care about them? They're Vikings. They don't. The Jarls, the Carls, and the Marls. Marls. <laughs> they were not filthy warriors. They were actually very hygienic, so much so that the English hated them. Medieval English chronicler John of Wallingford wrote, "Quote: The Danes made themselves too acceptable to English women by their elegant manners and their care of their person. They combed their hair every day, bathed every Saturday, and even changed their garments often. They set off <laughs> their persons. <laughs> they set off their persons by many such frivolous devices. In this manner, they laid siege to the virtue of the married women and persuaded the daughters, even of the nobles, to be their concubines." The English were smelly and gross, and the Vikings were like, hey, girl, you ever heard of a bath? <laughs> the girls were like, oh, my God. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> I'm going to show you something you've never seen before. A washed ass. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> She's like, what, what are you wearing? And he's like, clean underwear. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, so women were, women in Viking society, very specifically, nope, nobody feels the need to mention this, and there really isn't much need to mention this, but when we talk about women in Viking society, we aren't talking about slaves. Yes. And we're not really even talking about lower class societies, the Carls. That's just important. Nobody ever actually needs to mention it, but in case anybody's confused, like they treated all women equally. No, they did not. Nobody did. No. Yeah. No society did. (laughs) 
Women were treated with greater equality and respect than most other cultures did. They could inherit property, represent themselves in legal cases, own businesses, and even chose where they wanted to live if they were unmarried. And this was probably a very dangerous mindset for the English, whose entire personality was based around suppressing women. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was like their whole thing. And so, of course, the English didn't like them very much at all. Anyway, that's just some fun facts about the Vikings that I love. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think I've mentioned it before, but the Dublin, I think, um, was originally like a Viking stronghold where the Vikings Mm. came in and like established that stronghold there. And they did like, quote unquote, conquer the people of the area. Mm -hmm. But part of the reason why the Vikings were so successful is because they didn't use exclusively force to conquer people. They just, they kind of were like, hey, we would like to come hang out here. We're going to bring you a bunch of cool shit that you wouldn't have access to otherwise and also teach you a bunch of really cool stuff and we want to learn about your stuff. How does that sound? <laughs> so they just kind of like moved in. Infiltrated. <laughs> yeah. And like, so that that's part of why the Vikings were so successful as like a conquering force is because rather than just murdering everyone everywhere they went, they would come in and be like, hey, we have like spices from other places Western that we've Asia con- and stuff yeah. like that, like things that you wouldn't be able to get in any other way because of how far our reach is. If we give you this, maybe you will give us something cool that you have. And that was like, yeah, which is very cool. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> and also soap. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we all smell like cinnamon. <laughs> I just, oh, let I me introduce you to a delicacy, the fruit of the loom. <laughs> <laughs> Underwear. <laughs> We're just giving everyone underwear. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, I feel like I'd be a Carl at best. Aw, Carl at best. At best. Oh, um, the other thing. I might be like an upper middle class Carl. (laughs) (laughs) Like a a Carlos. (laughs) The other thing about this story is that, I mean, you mentioned before that, like, there are connections between these Viking folk and fairy tales and the, like, Norse myths and everything. Mm Mm-hmm. This has a lot of parallels to a story about Thor, where he is married off to a giant, and he's, like, dressed up as... No, the giant... No. Oh, God. It's even better. Yeah. Ugh. It's the one where the giant kidnaps... Frigga? Freya. He doesn't... He wants... Okay. The giant wants to marry Freya, but he steals Thor's hammer... (laughs) And so Thor is like, no, my hammer, the only thing I care about. And he looks and the giant's like, well, come and come to my castle and we'll talk about how you can get it back. And Thor was like, I know, talk good. Loki. <laughs> he ran to Loki and he's like, please get my hammer back. If I go there, I'll just try to punch him and I'll never get it back. <laughs> and so Loki was like, you have to calm down. I will go. But you, you like, you're doing a lot right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so Loki went to that giant and he was like, hi, I'm, he was about to say, I'm Loki. And the giant was like, Thor, you look skinny. And he's like, what? <laughs> and the giant was like, yeah, oh, you're looking good, man. And like really trim. And that's when he realized the giant was super blind. <laughs> and he was like, yep, it's me. I'm Thor. So what, what can we do to get me back in that hammer? <laughs> and the giant was like, I want to marry Freya, deliver her here. And he's like, you got it, dude. And he went back and was like, here's the thing. He wants to marry Freya. And Thor was like, yes, give her to him. <laughs> and Loki's like, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he's like, give him anything he wants. My hammer is so scared. <laughs> and Loki's all alone and cold. At night, I hear it calling for me. <laughs> 
Loki's like, no, we're not giving him Freya. <laughs> He's like, but I have a plan. We'll give him you dressed as Freya. And Thor is like, don't tease me at this trying time. I can't take it. <laughs> He's like, no, no. And so Loki convinced Thor to dress up in a wedding dress and Loki transformed himself into a pretty handmaiden and they went <laughs> and they went in a carriage and the giant was like, Freya, wow, you're beautiful. You're a lot bigger than I thought you'd be. And Thor was like, thank you. <laughs> I lived. <laughs> and they had a feast. And Thor just like no decorum, no manners, just started fucking piling food into his mouth and, like, drinking tons of, like, <laughs> just in a wedding dress with no makeup on, just, like, <laughs> still with the beard. And the giant was like, you sure do eat a lot for a lady. And Thor was like, hey, <laughs> you shut the fuck up. <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> and Loki was like, okay, well, she's just really excited to get to the wedding night. She's really excited for some of that good loving. And Thor was like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> And then he was like, so let's get to it. And the giant was like, okay, well, a deal's a deal. Bring out the hammer. And as soon as they brought it out, Thor was like, mine! And he got up there and he beat the giant to death. And then they, like, went back. And uh, I like to imagine in the carriage, they just sat there quietly, like, both still in their dresses. And Thor was like, we just, we don't have to tell anyone about this. And Loki's <laughs> like, I'm already telling everyone. <laughs> He's just texting. He's like, I have tweeted it out from every account. <laughs> Uh, that's a different story than the one I was oh, thinking no, of. Oh, no, it but... is! <laughs> I just love how sitcom it is. It really is. That's really good. It's so good. What's the one you're thinking of? Um, there's one where Thor... Uh, I can't remember the whole story, but, like, the, the component is that Thor is, like, super, super strong, and people keep trying to trick him, uh, and he just keeps breaking shit. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is great. <laughs> Oh it's like the like specifically the like the test of the goblet kind yeah. of thing is um I, it was something like they were someone was pretending to be Thor or something like that and he was like no I'm the real Thor and they were like no I'm the real Thor and he's like okay pick that thing up and they were like ah and he was like great and then he picks the thing up and beats them to death <laughs> there are like a bunch of of stories where Thor is just like that's his whole thing is like people are like it can't be moved it's impossible and he's like oh, this thing that's in my hand now? And then he beats them to death. And then he beats them to death. <laughs> There's a story of Thor going to Jotunheim. Thor, Loki, and Chalfi, which is a little boy that Loki tricked. And <laughs> then Thor made him his servant because he had to pay off debts because Loki tricked him. <laughs> Chalfi was like really fast. And they get basically taken to Jotunheim by this giant. And they meet the giant king. And uh, the giant king is like, hey, we're over here debating whether the gods are more powerful than us. Do you want to, like, do some competitions? And Thor was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they made Loki sit at a table with this, like, dweeby little guy. And he's like, this guy is not a giant. <laughs> like, oh, my God, it's Red Peter. <laughs> it's Red Peter. He's, his lower half is still in the nail barrel. <laughs> I'm sorry, does this have gluten in it? <laughs> And so they were like, he's at like a feast and he's like, just see if you can eat faster than Red Peter. <laughs> and so they start eating and Loki's like, ah, like he's transforming his jaw so that he can like unhinge it and pile more food in. Oh, horrifying. But like no matter how fast he's eating, this other guy is just like housing the food. And so Loki loses and he's like, ah, why was I the one in charge of eating a bunch? <laughs> I feel like out of everyone, I'm the least likely to be able to do that, but okay. And then Chalfi has to race somebody and he doesn't win. And then... 
Thor has to do three challenges because Thor is the best. Mm-hmm. Number one, <laughs> the giant's like, drink beer. <laughs> and Thor's <Done>. like, <laughs> I've been training my whole life for this. <laughs> and then he picks up this drinking horn and he just starts chugging and he chugs for like hours and hours and hours and only makes a slight dent in it before he has to stop. And he's like, I feel horrible. <laughs> oh no. I can't believe I just love who am I? <laughs> I can't believe I've been betrayed by my oldest friend, beer. Beer Beer and a horn. (laughs) And then the next one, the giant was like, for your next challenge, pick up my cat. And Thor was like, what? He's like, pick up that cat. And then he picks up the cat and the cat's like, (laughs) and the cat's really heavy. And he manages to get like the middle of the cat off the floor. But the cat's legs are still on the floor. And he's like, (laughs) and then... And then the last one, he's like, for the final challenge, fight my mother-in-law. <laughs> and then an old lady comes out, and Thor's like, what? And then the old lady's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you! And she, like, attacks Jesus him, and he's Christ. like, no! And so then he fights her, and he almost bests her a couple of times, but this old lady just, like, whips his fucking ass. <laughs> like, she, she destroys him. Um, and then, like, the giants sends everyone away. They all laugh at them, and they're all like, oh, no, we're bad. And then everybody leaves, and the giant's like... All right. Well, that was fun. Just so you know, that was all a trick. You guys are very cool. I just wanted... Morale's been low here. (laughs) And um, Loki was eating against a fire, and fire consumes everything really Mm -hmm. quickly, and so that's why he didn't win. Oh, Red Peter. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God, Red Peter. (laughs) And then Chalfie was racing against time, and then Thor was trying to drink the ocean, and he's like, you actually did cause an eco-disaster. You lowered the ocean by, like, a couple meters, dude. Jesus. <laughs> that was impressive. We were all like, oh, no, was this a mistake? <laughs> and then the cat was, what's the... Jormungandr? Yes, the cat was Jormungandr. And he was like... The world snake? Yeah. And he's like, that's the snake that's going to eat the world. And you managed to lift his middle, and you made him feel very dainty. <laughs> But he is the snake that you can't lift him. And Loki was like, my kid? I've been wondering where he was. (laughs) I should probably check up on him more. I'm a bad dad. And then the mother-in-law was death. And he's like, you can't beat death. You almost did, though. But you can't beat death. And Loki was, and Thor was like, well, I can't drink the ocean. I can't beat death, but I can kill that goddamn snake. And that's why he has a vendetta against Jormungandr. And that's why Thor is the one to kill Jormungandr in Ragnarok. It's because he feels so fucking, like, vengeful. (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea of having a really, really fat cat and naming it Jormungandr. It's so cute. I also really (laughs) love the image of him picking up the cat by the middle and the cat just being like... Like when you try and pick Leaf up, yes. but he's too long, and so you only get, like, part of him, and he, like, slips out. And he screams. <laughs> and he screams. Yeah, my cat's bad. He's pretty bad. Okay. Well, that just... I got too excited about Norse myths. Those are all my favorite Norse myths. Those are my two favorite Norse myths. Mm-hmm. They're both so fucking funny. Yeah. God, Norse mythology it. before Christianity ruined it was funny. Yeah, so funny. <laughs> so fucking funny. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Okay, let's take a little break. Yeah. Okay, guys, we'll see you soon soon. Goodbye. Hello, Janie. Hello, Max. And hello, loyal listeners. This is the sort of the sorry podcast. (laughs) 
I got a story for all y'all today. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This story is called Old Stormalong. Aww. Mm-hmm. I have this in the same collection that I used for last week's episode, um, World Folklore for Storytellers, Tales of Wonder, Wisdom, Fools, and Heroes by Josepha Sherman. It is originally published in New England Beanpot, American <laughs> Folk Stories to Read and Tell by Moritz Jägendorf, who is an Austrian-American folklore author um, from the uh, early 20th century, who just like wrote a bunch of weird stuff. Um, it also appears in... American Tall Tales by Mary Pope Osborne. Who is, Ooh. Yeah. Mary um, Pope Osborne, the one who writes the Magic Treehouse series. Mm-hmm. And also that mermaid book that Jeannie likes. Yeah. <laughs> mermaid Tales from Around the World. <laughs> and just up at the top, I oh, I meant to look this up before we started recording, but this is a very similar story to the story of Bowlegged Bill. Yes. Which you told <laughs> on a previous episode of the podcast. Guys, that is Tales from the Liar's Bench and... An American Taily Poe. That I don't remember the episode number, but that's the episode title, and it is such a fun episode. Please go listen to that. Both of those stories are bangers. I love Bowlegged Bill. <laughs> I also love Bowlegged Bill. So this is from kind of the same period in American history of these like f- semi folkloric heroes, like Paul Bunyan and all that, yeah. etc. In the early 1800s, in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. there was a massive storm that hit Cape Cod and the waves were crashing up onto the beach and it was like torrential hurricane-like storm. And finally, when the storm began to die down, the waves were like pulling back away from the beach and the last wave of the storm left something behind. Hmm. And the villagers of Cape Cod heard a sound that was impossibly loud and it was the sound of a baby crying. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so they all went out to the seashore and they found a baby who had been deposited there by the sea. Whether he was a castaway or an exile from the lands of Neptune, they couldn't possibly know. <laughs> but what they did know is that they had to raise this baby as a town. <laughs> <laughs> also, this baby was 18 feet long. Oh, no. <laughs> Where's he going to live? <laughs> Which is three fathoms long. If you didn't know, a fathom is six feet. I learned that today. I was going to say that's three six feet men tall. Yeah, that's a fathom. Wow. Yeah, I'm a fathom tall. I cannot fathom that. <laughs> uh, so this is, is an 18 foot long baby who has a cry that is louder than the loudest thunderclap. Uh, he is massive. All of the townspeople are like, all right, this is our baby now. And then they have to figure out how to get him to the town. So they put like two wheelbarrows next to each other. And then they all like hop him up <laughs> into the wheelbarrows and like very laboriously wheel him into town. <laughs> they bring him into town and they feed him on cow's milk. And they go through countless gallons of cow's milk just to get this baby to stop crying. Yeah. And that's one feeding. One feeding. Jesus. And... You know, immediately they're like, we love the big town baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. That big town baby really brought us all together. (laughs) And they're like, well, the little guy needs a name. And they were like, well, let's figure out what his name is. And then they all think about it. And they're like, there's no way for us to figure out what his name is. So we have to give him a name. Yeah. And so they decide to name him Alfred Bulltop Stormalong. (laughs) Which is also a really good name for a fat cat, I think. (laughs) Alfred Bulltop, a storm along. <laughs> Abs. 
Mm, yep. <laughs> uh, and they nickname him Stormy. That is so cute. I know. I'm right? a little worried because where are they going to house this baby? That's. I guess that's the first worry. <laughs> mm, barn. Okay. Who has a barn that's 18 feet tall? I guess he a lot of people. Stand I guess up. that's not actually that tall now that I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Also, he's a baby. He's just crawling around. He doesn't have to be vertical. That's true. 18 feet is not as big as I would. I have to readjust my mind. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 Gotta get him a really big old blanket. I know. And he's only gonna get bigger. Imagine his baby poops. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Their crops are unmatched. <laughs> 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 so they named the baby Alfred Bulltop Stormalong, mm-hmm. and even within the first few days of having him, he begins to grow even bigger and stronger, and he's just a big, strong baby, and everyone loves him. <laughs> <laughs> just a massive baby that the whole town is his parents. <laughs> Moms, uh, dads. <laughs> so uh, they also, they called him Old Stormalong, which feels weird, because he's a baby. But... <laughs> He gets older and he begins, like, from the moment that he can crawl with any kind of speed or intention, he spends all of his time watching the sea. He loves the sea. His Um, first parent. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He spends all of his time near the sea, thinking about the sea. Um, They craft him little, like, toy boats that are actually just full-sized boats that he can play with. (laughs) I like that this is just the story of Moana. (laughs) If Moana was big. <laughs> it was a big old baby. <laughs> big Moana. <laughs> so they make him like little boats and everything. And he loves the boats and he loves the sea. And as soon as he turns 12, he sets off on his own mm-hmm. to the big city, <laughs> Boston. <laughs> it's weird that this story takes place in America. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Um, he sets off for Boston, and he hires himself as a cabin boy on the only ship that will hire a 12-year-old. <laughs> uh, and that ship is called the Lady of the Sea. It's a Yankee clipper ship. How is he fitting on a boat? Mm. It's wild. He's so big. Mm-hmm. Okay. He has to be more than 18 feet tall now. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Okay. Probably a big boat. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a big boat. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did not ask so many questions about your story. Yeah, that's true. You're right. <laughs> so he becomes the biggest cabin boy in history. Uh, and everyone's kind of like, I'm not sure that we should hire this enormous 12-year-old. But very quickly, he proves himself to be a huge asset to the ship. Yeah. Um, he is an, ex- an incredibly talented sailor. He is just a real fun guy to hang out with. <laughs> And the first time that he really proves himself, the ship is anchored off the coast of South America. Mm. And they are dropping off um, some goods that are going from Boston to South America. They get all the bo- all of the goods on shore. And then they all take the rowboats back out to the ship. And the captain is like, all right, hoist the anchor. Let's get back home. And all of them, <laughs> like, try to pull the anchor up. And it doesn't move. Oh, no. And they all come together and they try and pull the anchor up and it doesn't move. Um, and they're like, okay, well, that's really bad. And um, uh, Stormalong is like, oh, guys, don't worry about it. I got this. And he takes a big old knife and he puts it between his teeth and he dives into the water. <laughs> uh, at this point, a grown man, I assume, dives into the water while he's down there for also an impossibly long time. Yeah, it got big lungs. Yeah, big old lungs. Yeah, 
lot of blood. <laughs> a lot of blood. <laughs> uh, while he's down there, they're all like watching the water and waiting for him to come back up. And they see the sky darkening above them. And this huge storm comes out of nowhere and it rocks the ship and like waves are crashing across the deck and everything. Uh, the sea is thrashing. And then after a few minutes of turbulence and turmoil, uh, the storm dissipates mm-hmm. and it goes back to blue skies. And then Stormalong comes back up from underwater mm-hmm. and he hops back up on the ship and he, with one hand, yanks the anchor back up onto the deck of the ship. And he's like, all right, and now we can get going. And they're like, Whoa. what the fuck happened? Yeah. And he's like, oh, there was like this big old octopus um, that was holding on, like a like a really big octopus. And it was like holding on to <laughs> the anchor and it was going to come up here and eat us. And then I convinced it wink wink to leave us alone uh so like what he's like yeah showed it my boobs (laughs) (laughs) Woo! yeah because this is like as you were (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so he went down there and fought this big octopus which is what caused the storm that they all experienced uh in the water Uh, (laughs) was just him fighting a giant octopus that's cool yeah pretty cool pretty cool pretty good (laughs) so he is hugely valuable to this ship um The next big challenge that he's up against, the ship is sailing in the Atlantic, and they are beset by a kraken. Oh, no. A kraken. Another type of octopus. (laughs) Yeah. Well, a squid, which is different. Okay. okay. Well, I'm sorry, kraken. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The kraken from, I believe, Norse mythology, right? Is it? I don't know. Anyways. (laughs) um, Their ship is beset by the kraken, and once again, storm along dives into the water and has a fierce battle with the Kraken and all of the people on the boat are cheering and everything. Uh, and he's just absolutely kicking the Kraken's ass. <laughs> um, and the Kraken is like, Oh fuck this actually. And <laughs> runs away and storm along can't follow it because he has to stay with his ship. Yeah. And so he's like, fuck. So like for a long time after that, he's like, I can't believe I didn't get to beat that Kraken. What's even the point of me? What's even the point? And he gets super depressed. Uh, and so he goes back to land and he moves out to the Midwest and he becomes a farmer. Yeah. He <laughs> and he's like, beat the crack out of him. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he wanted. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he's like, I'm useless and I shouldn't even be at sea. Oh. Not even strong enough to fight a Kraken. <laughs> So he goes out to the Midwest and he becomes a farmer for a little while and he's not very good at it. <laughs> yeah, because his life is love as lady is the sea. Yes. Yeah. So he spends a little while out in the Midwest and he's like, actually farming sucks and I want to go back to the ocean. <laughs> uh, so he sells the farm and he goes back to Boston. But this time he's like, I'm going to need a bigger ship and a bigger crew if I'm going to take that Kraken down next time. Max, you missed you missed an opportunity for a classic line. Hmm. I'm going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. <sighs> Who even are you? You've changed, man. <laughs> You've never even seen Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know that one line. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so he's like, I'm going to need a bigger boat. Oh, wow. And also a crew that's bigger. <laughs> and a bigger butt. <laughs> <laughs> Impossible. That he line is caked the fuck up. <laughs> that line is from the porn. <laughs> Do you think in the Jaws porn, they say we're going to need a bigger butt? Probably. Right? Do you think there's a Jaws porn? (laughs) Guys, if you know about a Jaws porn, send Max that link. (laughs) Or don't. (laughs) Up to you. (laughs) 
So he goes back. He he goes back to Boston after being homesick for the sea. It says, mm-hmm. and he has this massive ship built mm-hmm. with what money? Great question. I don't know, um, but he, he has this huge ship built. It's so big that the sails of the ship have to be sewn in the Mojave Desert because mm. it's the only place big enough for them to stretch out the full sheet. Whoa! Yeah, um, it's so big that it takes. Four weeks for everyone who needs to be on ship to operate it to get on board. Jesus. Just an endless profession, <laughs> procession of guys getting onto it for four weeks straight Jesus before it's full. Christ. Huge ship. <laughs> he has a stable of Arabian horses on board, mm-hmm. um, which actually I assume probably two stables, one at the bow and one at the stern, so that they can get back and forth from the bow to the stern, because uh, otherwise it would take like a day to really? walk. Really? Where is he getting this money? No idea. Wild. <laughs> really crazy. He's doing all this on credit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a big guy. He's probably got big credit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say about big guys? <laughs> big credit. <laughs> Great credit scores. <laughs> <laughs> so he has all of these Arabian horses on board so that the uh, like co- other officers of the ship can get from the bow to the stern. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have to ride a horse because it's so far that like it would take a day to walk from one end <laughs> to the other of the ship. This ship is so big. How big is it? Its mast is so tall that it has to be hinged in the middle so that when the moon passes overhead the mast doesn't snag on it and knock it out of the sky. <laughs> so whenever the moon or the sun goes over the ship, they have to hinge the mast down so that it doesn't <laughs> knock the moon or sun out of the sky. <laughs> That's how big this ship is. Wow. This ship is so big. How big is it? Once it hit an island in the Caribbean, and it hit it so hard that it launched the whole island to Panama. Whoa. And the island went like landed like... On the coast of Panama and in skidding to a stop, created the Panama Canal. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That ship is so big. How big is it? (laughs) It's so big that it got stuck in the English Channel. Whoa. Yeah. So big. (laughs) I feel like that's the least... uh, (laughs) That's like the least... Surprising of all of them. I get. Well, the English Channel is pretty wide. It's like five miles or something like yeah, that. But so it's I like just five like miles wide. You start with the English Channel one and then you work your way up to the sun and moon one. Sure. That's fair. This ship is single handedly responsible for the spread of yellow fever if it created the Panama Canal. <laughs> Fuck this guy. Pepe Silvia. <laughs> um. um so it got stuck in the English Channel. It got wedged in between either side of the English Channel and could not move. So Stormalong had all the men on board get all their soap. And then they soaped up the sides of the ship so that it would be able to squeak through. And he yelled, Luber up, Johnny! And they were like, you have to stop yelling that. I know that it makes sense in this context, but you've been saying it for like two weeks. Luber up, Johnny! <laughs> and... All of the soap on the sides of the ship that helped it get through that narrow little entire English channel scraped off against the cliffs on either side of the channel, which is why we have the white cliffs of Dover. Cool. Because of the soap. (laughs) God, I love stories like this. I love them. I know, right? There's another story. So one of his like claims to fame is that he created the Panama Canal. 
And spread yellow fever because of it. Sure. His actions have consequences. <laughs> so one of them is that he just fucking puts an island through Panama. Mm -hmm. There's another story, though, mm -hmm. where he gets super wasted and he's like at the helm and he's trying to get from <laughs> the Atlantic to the Pacific. And he's like, that looks pretty narrow. We could probably just skip over that little bit, right? And then we don't have to go all the way around. And so he just fully fucking drives this massive ship <laughs> through Panama and oh, creates no. the because he's fucked up and has terrible depth perception. <laughs> um, eventually, uh, considering that this ship is the size of the world, um, he encounters the Kraken once again. Mm -hmm. And this time, he's ready. It's many years later. He's got decades of seafaring under his belt. And finally, he's ready. And he encounters the Kraken. And he takes it and he drags it to the coast of Greece. Mm -hmm. And drowns it in a massive whirlpool oh, and he's like and that's how we get shit done <laughs> son <laughs> um, which is also cool because i think this is a connection to greek mythology with um charybdis mm -hmm. um the giant, giant whirlpool yeah no the the whirlpool is it charybdis or scylla scylla it's the one I thought scylla was the monster and charybdis was the whirlpool yeah i didn't know the whirlpool had a thing i was thinking of scylla being thrown into the whirlpool yeah the whirlpool is charybdis ah uh, Imagine naming a big dig. old whirlpool. <laughs> Charybdis dick. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like mentioned in the Odyssey and stuff like that. So they, they just like casually throw in this weird Greek mythology reference where they're like, he sails to the coast of Greece with this fucking kraken in, in a <laughs> chokehold and then tosses it into the world's fucking Bell. toilet drain. <laughs> what? Trying to guess where you were going. I was nope. wrong. Nope. nope. <laughs> I was slightly off. Just a little bit off. So he spends decades being a big old guy and sailing around, <laughs> just fucking shit up and having a rad time with all the boys. Yeah. But as all things must, eventually his story comes to an end and he dies. There are a couple of different stories about how this happens. Okay. The first story is that he encountered a steamboat for the first time <laughs> and he was like, oh my God, that ship is on fire. So he took a massive like still and he filled it with water oh, and he no. dumped it down the stack of oh, no. the steamboat. And he was like, don't worry. I stopped the fire that was on your oh, ship. No. And the captain's like, you ruined everything. <laughs> you just killed my so livelihood. Many people. <laughs> um, and so the captain of the steamship challenges him to a race across the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. And it's like a... In what boat? <laughs> <laughs> I guess he has another steamship. <laughs> I officially feel not at all sorry for that captain. Yeah. Uh, and so the two of them just like at top speed skip across the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. And just as they are nearing the finish line, storm along edges him out and is able to get there just a with a couple of miles to spare. Yeah. Right? And so he he makes this trip incredibly fast. But at this point, Stormalong is an old, old man. And mm -hmm. the effort of, like, wrangling the wheel against the force of the Atlantic Ocean at top speed mm -hmm. exhausts him. And he dies. Um, and he is buried at sea, and he is accepted into the loving arms of Davy Jones and his big old locker. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. So that's one story. Mm -hmm. There's another story that his ship, which is called the Courser, by the way, okay. um, or sometimes called uh, Tuscarora. 
which Ooh. I don't know. I didn't Google, but I don't know what that is. Okay. Um, it's uh, Sleeping Beauty, but as a little pig. Aw. 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 Sleeping Borty. <laughs> sleeping Borty. <laughs> Um, oh my god, just a little, just a little javelina, <laughs> tiara, taking a nap. <laughs> uh, all her little, all her little snores are little squeals. Uh-huh, she got her little, her bee, chubby little legs bee, sticking straight up. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty, but she's a javelina is really good. <laughs> uh, so he... His ship, the Corsair, is in the Gulf of Mexico, um, slash the Caribbean. <laughs> Classic locations. <laughs> it says there's a storm in the Caribbean, and then that they're all in the Gulf. I don't know how close those things are. I don't know anything about oceans. I'm really sorry. <laughs> well, as you know, I'm an expert, but if I tell you, you'll actually never learn anything That's for true. yourself. I have homework. <laughs> I've got to grow as a person. Um, so he's, uh, the courser is anchored in the Caribbean when a massive storm sweeps into the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And obviously the courser is a massive ship. And so it's able to withstand the mighty force of this hurricane. Yeah. But there are a bunch of other ships that are also anchored in the Gulf and they are much, much smaller and with much less experienced seamen. I- I've been trying not to this whole time. <laughs> But here we are. <laughs> there's semen everywhere. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's semen in the water. There's semen there's on the boat. Falling off the boats. There's semen under what Storm Along's feet. <laughs> there's semen on the poop deck. <laughs> Not semen on the poop deck. <laughs> um, anyways. Steam semen on the mast. <laughs> What are you doing up there? Get down. Ah, semen in the rigging. <laughs> well, you held it in for as long as you could, Max. I tried really hard. <laughs> Whew. And God, there's so many, there's so much semen in Davy Jones' locker. <laughs> there's semen in the Kraken. <laughs> in... Earth's the Kraken's just gobbling up all the semen. <laughs> right in Earth's butthole. <laughs> okay. Serious now. Got it. All of these other ships are tossed about in this hurricane, and men, like, ships are just being torn asunder, and men are being thrown into the ocean to an icy death. Hmm. And Storm Along, once he knows that his ship is safe, he looks out at the sea, and he sees this, like, calamity happening around him. Yeah. And he is like... I I gotta do something about it, or they don't call me <laughs> Storm Along Jones. Cause uh, anyways, <laughs> they don't call him Storm Along Jones. Is the, I forgot that saying. <laughs> I don't he, know what's wrong with me. He shakes his. Uh, they don't fist call me Storm Along Jones for nothing. <laughs> Somebody is like uh, in the midst of a hurricane. It's like oh, it's Storm Along Jones, and he shakes his fist at the sky and says, "They don't call me Storm Along Jones." <laughs> Ah, uh, the true calamity. <laughs> um, so um, he again grabs his trusty diving knife and puts it between his teeth, and he dives into the ocean, and he just starts scooping semen out of the water. 
and he picks up all the semen. My babies, save my babies! <laughs> he just he scoops up all the semen he can carry and he tosses them all onto the deck of the courser. And he's so big that he's just taking these like full ships mm-hmm. and lifting them up and then placing them on the deck of the courser. Uh, so he saves all of the ships that are being thrown about in this storm. Yeah, uh, so that all like. 20 ships are all just on the deck of this much larger ship <laughs> with all the people and he scoops them all out of the ocean Aww. and saves them. That's good. And then the storm abates and the courser sails to Florida and drops everybody off. <laughs> and Stormlong's like, wow, what a great adventure. And then the gods of the sea looking down on him are like, yo, that was fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking crazy. <laughs> And they summon Stormalong and his ship, the Courser, up to heaven, <laughs> where he will sail eternity. <laughs> Congrats, Stormalong, you get to die. <laughs> Good for him. That is the goal. <laughs> that is the goal. So that's the second story of how Stormalong dies. The I third like that story, one a lot so far. Right? Yeah. The third story is that Stormalong is a big old guy. Yeah. And, you know, a big old guy's got to eat a lot. Yeah. So, one morning, he's super hungry, and he's like, mm, I'm going to have myself a nice big breakfast. And so he catches six sharks yeah. and eats them for breakfast. Good. And then he gets an upset tummy and oh. dies. No! <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I almost fell off my chair just now. That was very scary. <laughs> Whoa! What? <laughs> yeah. Was one of the sharks bad? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah. This is like, this story needs to edit because this is just like, oh, he created the Panama Canal and he had to stop his boat from knocking down the sun and he got stuck in the English Channel. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's not the most shocking one. And then one. he ate six sharks and died. He died from upset tummy disease. Like, he did. Come on. In this version of the story, he died of indigestion. <laughs> Ugh. So that is the story of Stormalong. Uh, it's also, if you've ever heard the, to- the term, an able-bodied seaman. Yeah. It's thought that that term comes from Stormalong. I don't know why it would need to, because that's just a phrase that has a meaning. Yeah. But because his name is Alfred Bulltop Stormalong, whenever he would sign onto a ship, it would be Stormalong, comma, A-B. Oh. And so they were like, Stormalong, able-bodied, more like... <laughs> Yeah, but Stormalong doesn't really make sense. Semen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I feel like they're reaching. <laughs> uh, classic reaching semen. <laughs> Have you ever heard the term "just look at Rolex"? <laughs> no. <laughs> My name is Janie Lynn Robinson. That term actually comes from Robert J L. <laughs> just look at Rolex. <laughs> Have you ever heard the term, um, I'm going to throw you straight in Rabadoo jail? It comes from <laughs> Rabadoo, comma, jail. <laughs> you know, to be very fair, there's a lot of Rabadoos in jail. <laughs> you search the term Rabadoo and jail, you're going to find Bob Rabadoo and Leonard Peltier. You know what? Happy reading. It's an interesting story. Yeah. So that is the story of um, Alfred Bulltop Stormalong. And... There is part parts of the story. Um, obviously, there was this period of time where there were all of these like 
American kind of heroes, like the new folklore of yeah. America that was in the 1800s, especially um, sort of crafting a new folklore. And a lot of it was like, you know, there are parallels between uh, Stormalong facing the steamboat and mm-hmm. like stories like John Henry yeah. and, the, and the train um, where he's like, it's, you know, it's like industrialization versus uh, American USDA prime beef. <laughs> Muscles. <laughs> Max just put both of her hands up, uh, both of her arms up in the classic strong pose. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there are a bunch of stories from this time and a bunch of these figures that are like literally larger than life, like John yeah. Henry and like Paul Bunyan and everything. Yeah. They're all com- from kind of the same period in American history. This one is an interesting one because there is a sea shanty associated with it, which I will play for you in a minute. The sea shanty was published in Stan Hugulis's Sea Shanties of the Seven Seas, um, which is a very popular collection of sea shanties. It's one of the books that we have of like a, a compendium of a lot of the very famous sea shanties from the time. It's probably originally, it's probably a modified version of a song um, created by enslaved people on ships as like a rowing song. Which is... Can I guess the sea shanty? Yeah. Okay, so it's like, there once was a baby who washed ashore. Now we can't go in the barn no more. Because <laughs> he's too big. <laughs> he eats the hay. <laughs> Row that baby away. <laughs> That's a really good sea shanty. <laughs> oh, oh, the baby goes out to sea. No one knows. <laughs> Oh, no, his boat's too big. He's knocking down the sun. Oh, no. (laughs) It's a really good sea shanty. He bites the kraken (laughs) in the waves. And then he eats some cows for days. (laughs) He made a mistake when he ate that shark, and now his eyes are dark. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, no, he died from (laughs) sharks. <laughs> More like Pepto Dismal. <laughs> is that the sea shanty? <laughs> that is the sea shanty. I mean, it really fell off at the end there, but I came back up with Pepto Dismal. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. <laughs> no, so this, uh, believe it or not, that's not the song. Whoa. <laughs> um, but there are a couple of different songs that all branch from the same root, and all of these are called Storm Along shanties um where they all have kind of like a similar rhythm and some phrases in common um the reason why most people have heard the storm along shanty though is because it was kind of cannibalized to create a different sea shanty which is much more famous um it came about after the mexican-american war about zachary taylor the 12th president of the united states i think the was zachary taylor the one that died really soon after Going, getting in office? I think so. He was, like, the one that was only president for, like, 12 days, and mm-hmm. then he died from a tummy ache, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretty sure, yes, because, yes, Zachary Taylor did die of a tummy ache. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> so they were like, there's parallels, right? Yeah. So they took parts of the Storm Along song and parts of, like, a ballad that they made up about Zachary Taylor. And it's a really weird thing because Zachary Taylor, like, quote-unquote, won the battle against General Santa Anya. Mm-hmm. Um in Mexico, I don't know a whole lot about the Mexican-American War, yeah. but Zachary Taylor won. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the shanties, they make it as though he lost. Well, they really didn't weird. have any respect for him because of his tummy ache disease. 
<laughs> it's a really weird thing. But there's a sea shanty called General Taylor. General um, Taylor, he's dead and gone. That's oh, the one. Da, 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 da. <laughs> We used to sing this. Yeah, when we were in college, uh, we went through a period where our friends and I, our, our friends and us would sing sea shanties whenever we got drunk. Uh, and this was one of the ones that we sang all the time. It's General Taylor, carry him to his burial ground. <laughs> carry him to his burial ground. Oh, God. I yeah. love this song. Okay, play it. Okay. I'm going to play this for Jamie really quickly, and I'll also, I put the link to this in the show notes for this episode, so you guys can check it out. Um, I also have links to these sort of historical reviews of both the Stormalong shanty and also the General Taylor carry him to his burying ground shanties and, like, how they're connected and everything like that, so you can read the lyrics in a couple of different iterations from those two songs. Um, And there are a lot of parallels that are drawn where, like, Zachary Taylor is kind of aligned as a figure with Stormalong. So they like kind of use the names interchangeably in the Zachary Taylor song. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to play this for you really quickly. General Taylor gained the day. Walk him along, jump, carry him along. Well, General Taylor gained the day. Carry him to his burying ground to me. Way, hey, Stormy. Walk him along, jump, carry him along to me, way, hey, stormy, carry him to his burying ground. That's, well, I wish. I, you know, I've never thought to even question saying the word stormy. Mm-hmm. That's cool as shit. Isn't that crazy? That is cool. Specifically for our history, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, so... <laughs> The chorus of that song is, to me, way, hey, you stormy, walk him along, John, carry him along, to me, way, hey, you stormy, carry him to his burying ground. Oh, I wish I was old Stormy's son, I'd build a ship 10,000 tons. Hey. <laughs> uh, carry him to his burying ground. Uh, I'd load her down with ale and rum, and every shellback should have some. And a shellback is a term for a sailor who has crossed the equator. Mm. Um, there's like a whole ceremony that they used to do, and they called them polywogs before they had crossed the equator. Aww. And then they did like a weird hazing ritual when they crossed the equator, and then they were shellbacks. Is it a polywog a roly-poly? Mm. And then a shellback would also be a roly-poly? I guess. It's little bugs. <laughs> I was thinking turtles, but I don't know. Or like a little, like a little tadpole? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, and that's the lyrics for that song. I just never even thought to question it or look up the history of these sea shanties, but that is fucking cool. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, So yeah, a completely unrelated thing that also is weirdly related to us. And also that sea shanty fucking rips. So anyways. All of them did. Honestly, some of the best fucking memories from any of our old college parties are everybody getting very drunken at the end of the night singing sea shanties. Yeah. She shanties. She shanties. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the links to more info about those sea shanties is in the episode notes for this episode. I also linked to the Longest John's version of the song, which is what I just played for Janie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great song. You should check it out. Yeah. And, and also, learn it and sing it at your next party. And, and uh, yeah, it's very easy to learn. Yeah. <laughs> and then teach it to all your friends. Yes. Uh, but that's the story of Old Storm Along. I love that. Right? That was really cool at the end. I love a good sea tale. <laughs> love a good sea tale. <laughs> yeah. I love a big guy. Just an absolute unit of a guy. This really was the giant baby episode. <laughs> yeah, big old babies. Really like it. Yeah. Okay, guys. Oh, wait. Wait, oh. wait, wait. I had to show you pictures. I'm so sorry. Ooh. I forgot. Okay. I have to show you pictures that were 
painted of old storm along there's this one we'll post these on the instagram obviously oh he's naked yeah he's naked he's that's a the really octopus. cool picture isn't that great and then there's this it's one. a naked man battling an octopus and then there's this one of another naked man battling an octopus oh this one looks like a lino cut yeah this is cool he has a knife in his mouth yeah that looks like a block print kind of mm-hmm and then there's one more, which is my personal favorite, which is, <laughs> oh, big hot man with a tattoo of an anchor on his chest, and he's holding on to a whole ass ship. <laughs> yeah, he's basically windsurfing with an entire ship. And look at the little man who's copying him on the middle of the mast. Oh my God, that's so cute. Why is that so precious? I love it. They just they were just like, yeah, he's a big old hot guy. He's this a guy, big old hunk of meat and we love him. They drew a super hot guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. Gotta so, love it. Just to throw in at the last minute, by the way, also he's super hot. <laughs> oh my god, were you not imagining somebody super hot? He's so hot. <laughs> big mistake on your part. Huge. <laughs> Anyways. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, guys. We are not going to be here next week because we are taking a much needed break just for a week for American Thanksgiving. For anybody who is celebrating American Thanksgiving, we are thankful for you. We certainly are. That is what we are thankful for. If you are going home, be nice to yourself. (laughs) Take lots of breaks if you need it. And just know that you're going to eat a lot of really good food, hopefully, and then go back to your life. So appreciate it while you have it. I don't know. <laughs> this is a thought for myself. Um, and hey, don't freak out, guys. Don't, don't freak, freak out. out. It's going to be fine. If you want to talk to anybody about it, join the Discord. Join uh, the Discord or email us. Yeah. Sort of the story at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Go check out our social media links for these pictures of this very hot sailor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get to see a butt in these pictures. So that's exciting. Yeah. Big ol' ass. <laughs> you have something to look forward to there. Specifically, it's that guy's butt. It's not any of ours. No, we're not. No, 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 no. And yeah, join us on our socials. Join our Patreon. Get some bonus episodes. If you're going to miss us during the week, go ahead and listen to a few of those bonus episodes. They're really good. I think the bonus episodes are a really fun, good time. I agree. Rate and review this podcast. Please leave us a five-star review. That would be a wonderful way for us to um, hopefully make it on any sort of lists and stuff like that. I would like to. Mm -hmm. And have a wonderful day. Bye, guys. Okay. Goodbye. Janie, do you want to do some vocal warm-ups? Oh, desperately. (laughs) Do you want to do my grudge Mm warm-ups? Okay, so, Max, I'm going to need you to imagine Mm -hmm. you're on a staircase. There's a pretty blonde lady below, and she's uh, watering her plants. Mm -hmm. You grab both of the railings. You stick your head as far through the railings as will let go, and you do this sound. Ah! Go. (laughs) Ah! Good. Now she's running away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good. Okay. That's me and going down the you're, stairs. You're running. To, oh, you trip and fall down the stairs. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> oh, no, Max. Okay. You do a tuck and roll at the bottom. <laughs> you know what? You're proud of yourself. You really stuck that landing. <laughs> and now you see a demon you have a crush on. <laughs> Uh, anyway, she moved out. You own the house now. You two get married. Good job. Ah. <laughs> yes, queen. <laughs> Girl passing. <laughs> <laughs>
uh, I went to acting school, so I know what vocal warm-ups are supposed to be like. <laughs> do you have any vocal warm-ups that you want to do, or did that satisfy everything? So I want you to picture that you are an acorn, Aww. and that you have just fallen off of a branch, ah. and you are feeling the sensation of the loam around you for the first time. What is loam? Dirt. Okay. It's like loose dirt. <laughs> just picture that, like the sensation of like being in contact with something besides the tree that you were a part of for the first time. And then just, I want you to like feel sort of like the feeling of like something within you changing and you suddenly become aware of this cosmic potential that you carry within you. <laughs> See, now where you fucked up is that acorns don't make noise. So <laughs> mine does. <laughs> mine is about to release a cosmic horror from within its tiny oh, shell. <laughs> it's going to tip its little acorn hat and a bunch of uh, monsters are going to fly out. <laughs> Your acorn's a witch. <laughs> I like it. Yeah.